Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Croatia. Croatia. So we're up to sea, and we're an hour into the show. You're going to sit there and watch this? That's right. I, mean, I, I will. It, no, no, it's a slap in the face to Lawrence. His show is on the same time as this is going to be on. You can't do that to Mark. Right? One of us sits here with a semblance of loyalty. All right. <laughs> Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com, Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all that great new inventory with great deals to be had on them, great deals, and great pre-owned inventory, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street and Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. All right. Our play-by-play call of the day. Scobie dealing with some traffic. Oh, my goodness. Keon Johnson packed it and delivered. Goodness isn't strong enough. Watch Keon Johnson. That is a winning cut. Bam. And chin at the rim elevation. Good gracious. You see the explosiveness and the toughness and the the power forward. Jimmy Dykes. Now, see, that's what action sounds like. Two golds in London. Lassa Norman Hansen in track cycling in the men's omnium. And gold in rowing in the men's lightweight double stalls. Our play-by-play call of the day, a encapsulated action. Meanwhile, I'd say this would be at the point, it would be 7.55 in the morning on July 23rd. The country located on the Horn of Africa, Ahmed Salah. Djibouti's only four-time Olympian, but most importantly, his nation's only Olympic medalist. He claimed bronze in the men's marathon back at the Seoul Games of 88. So there you go. This is what you do. Yeah. We're up to... What country would be up to right now? What was the last one? (laughs) I actually lost track. Right, I'd be on the seventh hole by now. Okay, now on the blue course, that's that's the difficult 400-yard par four. That's right, with an undulating green. Now, if I, 
I'll take either course. Okay, either course. Seventh hole is the uphill par three. It's gotten to the point now where I have to hit a three wood to get it up there sometimes. Uh, depends on the wind. I've used as little as a five iron and as much as a three wood, depending on weather conditions. But that's what I'm going to be doing. Remember, as these people walk in, they're only, okay, we're only seeing the entry. We're missing out on the excitement of actually walking around in the circle. And this is what you think is entertainment. I'm concerned. I have a remarkable bond with the Olympic Games, and that's the fact that the five-ringed Olympic flag was actually first flown in Egypt's port city of Alexandria during the 1914 Pan-Egyptian Games. But it wasn't hoisted at an Olympic stadium until Antwerp in 1920. Which is 101 years ago. (laughs) Okay, great. Fabulous. Okay. Report. Seahawks perturbed by Wilson's comments. There you go. Hey, guess what? Uh, scroll he's by. Not, <laughs> he's, he's not going. He's not going anywhere. He's not. not That's just anywhere. Mike Florio, pro football talk, just trying to stir things up like he always does, and it doesn't mean anything. Well, I can't CBS stand that Sport. website. It's on CBS Sports, you know, and so it was. Well, you know what? Since you don't like that, let's go back to something you do like. <laughs> I mean, you can't get mad when there's no action. I mean, you probably like this and enjoy it because nobody wins or loses. Yeah, it's just together. It's United Arab Emirates. Arab Emirates. United Arab Emirates. Just one previous medal, a gold in the men's doubles, double trap 12 years ago in Athens, won by his Highness Sheikh Ahmed bin Mohammed bin Ashir Al Maktoum. Oh, my goodness. I mean, just the medal ceremony, it would have been over by the time they were done with the name. All right, so. <laughs> And the dude from the United Arab Emirates would say his name, but <laughs> we don't have the time. <laughs> All right. Okay. Remember the year Ward 4 and Danville bid for the Olympics. But. I must have missed that one. They can do all the water games, but that's about it. I mean, we're so far down the alphabet right now. Uh, Andrew Branton uh, in the next half hour. Uh, on this Thursday night, now, uh, we're not carrying anything tonight's so way the coaches show tonight, right? Uh, yes, coaches show tonight, yep. Yep, uh, so we're going to have Jeff Campersall on the show this evening. Women's ice hockey team has lost once all season. They're ranked in the top ten. They closed out the home schedule, not losing a home game. 
and they and Jeff Campers will be on the show tonight, and then Jim Ferry in the final half hour, and then tomorrow we're going to have Joe Lenardi on the show to talk about bracketology. Uh, they released the coaching staff today for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, Charlie Strong, Daryl Bevel, Joe Cullen, Brian Snyder, Brian Schottenheimer, Tyler Bowen from Penn State, among others in here. Chris Ash, former, uh, who had been with Urban at Ohio State, former Rutgers head coach. Uh, There's a couple guys he kept on there, like you know, uh, Joe Dana, who had been with, has been with the Jags the last five years. He stayed with them. But the one that jumped out, because obviously we already knew about, um, we already knew about Tyler Bowen. The one that jumped out was this one. New Director of Sports Performance, Chris Doyle. Yes, the former Iowa strength and conditioning coach. We say this once and we say it a thousand times. In sports, the ability to rehabilitate your reputation is remarkable. There are always positions open. So, Urban said this about Doyle. I've known Chris for close to 20 years. Our relationship goes back to when I was at Utah, and he was the number one strength coach. He was doing sports performance before sports performance became a high priority in college sports. I've known him. I've studied him. We've had a relationship. i vetted him thoroughly along with our general manager and our owner. feel great about the hire and about his expertise at that position. So we vetted him thoroughly. Sports performance is going to be a high, high priority, as it really, in the last probably 10 years, certainly at Ohio State, that it became, if not the most important, and you know my coach with my relationship with Mickey Mariotti at Ohio State. But this whole, uh, but this whole from strength training room, physical therapy, sports psychology, and nutrition all falls under the sports performance team umbrella, and I wanted to get the best of the best. And, of course, uh, Doyle was – Kirk Ferentz couldn't have been any more loyal to Chris Doyle at Iowa. Could not have been any more loyal. I mean, they were together from day one that Kirk took the job in Iowa City. We know how it ended. But as I said when Doyle was let go, I said his career is not over. Somebody eventually will hire him. I said it's going to be sooner rather than later. I said that back in the summer. Well, he's been rehired, and it was sooner rather than later. Is it because Cedric Scott is still with Jacksonville as their assistant strength and conditioning coach? Scott's been there for 10 years. But he was not moved up to the lead. He keeps the number two spot. But as we told you, it's amazing how they keep. If if you make enough connections in your career, you can keep working in the coaching profession. Yeah, there's a lot of movement. Yeah, there are people fired. Yeah, but you a lot of these people still end up landing on their feet. Because you develop connections over a period of time. 
And that's what happened with Chris Doyle. As for the Seahawks, they're getting more trade calls about Russell Wilson, and they're unhappy about the quarterback's comments. Amidst all the media hoopla in recent days, it's no surprise more teams continue to call the Seahawks about the availability of Russell Wilson. Those teams, from what they have picked up on so far, have got no indication at all that the Seahawks are in any way inclined to trade their star quarterback. But the more Wilson talks, the more other teams are going to be trying to figure out exactly what's going on. They'll be calling the Seahawks, who probably are also trying to figure out exactly what's going on here. Now, Dan Patrick reported earlier today that Seahawks management's not happy with Russell Wilson in his camp for going public with his concerns about things like personnel involvement and on-field protection over the years. You wonder if they're going to be able to coexist, he said. The current situation is not sustainable. But again, here's the reason why this current situation is not sustainable. He signed because, look, on, on the relative scale of life, he's earned it. Okay, so on the relative scale of pro football, he's earned it. A four-year, $140 million extension. He is due $32 million in 2021. It is $7 million against the salary cap. In addition, prompting a record $39 million dead cap hit if he were to be traded prior to June 1st. So it costs $7 million against the cap. But again, his contract, because there's so much in his direction, in some ways keeps them from signing maybe a couple of guys that could protect him. All right, time to take a break. Let's see where we are. Ethiopia. A total of 45 medals for Ethiopian athletes and all 45 in distance races. And of course, I think of the greats such as Abibi Bakila, two times winner of the marathon. In fact, his first gold in Rome in 1960, he ran barefoot. Mara Shifter, Yifter the Shifter, two gold medals in Moscow in 1980. Former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia, a beautiful country that has a rather rare geographical feat, more mountain peaks than any nation in the world. Holy cow. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. I, I'm taken aback. It's amazing when they give you these info sheets, you just turn the page and they got more info there for you. Oh, we got Fiji. Leads out Fiji. Fiji's Red Hot Rugby Sevens team. He is the captain. And it is widely tipped to not only win the country's first Olympic medal, but to claim the gold at that. They are the reigning World Rugby Sevens Series champs and delighted that Rugby Sevens makes its debut and rugby as a sport makes its return for the first time since 1924. We're up to half here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. 
When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. What a sight. Georgie. Ooh. Oh, Georgia. 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 Six games as an independent Georgia. nation. Captain Dill's cricket belly. States and then there's the Georgia. I'm just kidding. Judo player gold at the European Games last year. All seven medals in London were won by either judo or wrestling. Well, then you don't want to face that team in an alley. My goodness. All right. <laughs> they went in judo and wrestling. Now, that's a tough team. <laughs> All right. All right. So there you go. This is what you watch. You sit there for hours. There's not enough butts or Snyders or anything or... Middlesworth out there to get you through all this, is there? Good question. We, I mean, we're not even up to the part where they try to show you what the country's culture is, which at this point, I'm on the back nine. I'm like, in fact, I'm considering, like, you know what? Is it over yet? No, I think I'll play another 18. <laughs> Keep on going. <laughs> even if it's raining. <laughs> and you're right, who knows what it's going to look like. You know, who knows what they're going to let them do, what they're going to be allowed to do. Um, and, uh, and there was a rumor a couple of weeks ago they were going to drop it. Like, that was going to be it. They are going to try and see if they could reschedule this for 2030. But... Yeah, looks like they're still trying to pull it off. They are billions deep into this thing, billions. Uh, it'll probably get really good ratings if it happens. Uh, I don't know whether fans are allowed. No clue. Nobody knows what it's going to be like in July. Nobody. Uh, but if it does happen. The highlight might be this. Guyana! There you go. Okay. You're going to be sitting there with little Luke and all the little pieces of tidbits of information they give about each country. You're going to repeat back to him with the idea he is absorbing it at a year and a half. (laughs) 
Got to get him ready for geography and social studies early. Remember our play-by-play -play call of the day? Yeah. Remember what distinguished that? Yes. Action. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Brandt coming up in the uh, next half hour Monday morning quarterback on SI.com. Looking forward to that very much. We're having a little bit of fun with Matt's obsession with the opening ceremony, which is going to be live on NBC this year, beginning at 6.55 in the morning. 6.55. Eh? Perfect. Savannah will be up and working at that time. Huh? Be all good. Uh, who's the co-host with her now? Hoda? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Getting a lot of text messages here. They want more. <laughs> Haiti. 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 Also led out by Orissa Assange Castelli. Two medals for Haiti. The last uh, silver 88 years ago for Silvio Kator in the men's long 88 jump. years between medals. Okay, I'm no expert, but that's a drought. <laughs> Just a little bit. Calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great new inventory. Also, great pre-owned inventory and great deals to be had. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 at Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Very pleased to be joined on the show by Andrew Brandt, Monday morning quarterback, business of sports podcast. Andrew, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Yeah, good to be with you guys. All right, so where does life stand on the Carson Wentz front as of today? Well, it seems to be a waiting game, and as you may know, I've been wrong on this. I think I'm going to be wrong on that. Now I'm not even sure I'm going to be wrong, but I was standing <laughs> on a hill saying there's no way they're going to trade him because I didn't think they would take on this debilitating $34 million of cap hit. And for your listeners, dead cap is really when you have all these bonuses pushed out to gain cap room early in the contract, so everything's prorated. But the proration stops the moment of severance, whether it's a trade or release, and all that unamortized bonus would accelerate. To the tune of $34 million for Wentz would be the highest cap charge in the history of the league by a good amount. And I just never thought the Eagles would do it. But, but, what we've seen over the past two months is zero uh, comment from the Eagles that they want him. Zero comment from Wentz that he wants to stay. 
zero comment from the new coach that he looks forward to working with him, and the rumors about the Eagles shopping him. So it looks like it's going to happen. The only question is when. We have seen in the NBA, and this doesn't go to the once part, but players, James Harden being the most recent, that have seemed to have the ability to dictate their way out of one situation into another. Now, we've had Russell Wilson, people wonder. Aaron Rodgers always plays that little game with the media. Deshaun Watson. In reality, do NFL players have the same kind of leverage like NBA players do? I don't think so. I just tweeted this at Andrew Brandt. You know, I just think what Harden did is really, I mean, he disrupted two franchises, maybe three or four, actually. Right. And I just don't know if there's an NFL player that can do that. You know, here's the problem for NFL players. They don't have free agency. The only guy who's made a difference in free agency as an A-lister and gotten a free agency is the guy that just won the Super Bowl, That's Brady. Right. And it took it took him 20 years to get there. Right. So, you know, LeBron's been a free agent multiple times. Durant's been a free agent multiple times. Kawhi multiple times. Kyrie. You know, I, I can't name an NFL free agent of an A-list variety. It just never happens. Why? Because teams throw a ton of money at them, got to sign long-term, and then, of course, the franchise tag. And many of LeBron's recent contracts have been of the two-year variety, which allows him to opt mm-hmm. out after one year, which then when the salary cap goes up, he gets more money based on the new on the new cap. So, Yeah, and I right. think the thing about NFL players is, I mean, now you have in the news, you're right, uh, Aaron a couple weeks ago and Russell and Deshaun Watson, three true A-listers, three of the best players in the league. I'm going to say none of them are in different places because at some point you know you've got to sit back and say your front office like I was for 10 years we're, you know whatever's going on you're not stupid you know you're not going right. to trade the best players in the league and they can't trade themselves so I just think they're all going to be there let me ask you this B. I mean I want to on that experience many athletes not just because of sunshine, will live in a place like Texas or Florida, reason being there's no state income tax. Mm-hmm. Although for some reason New Hampshire doesn't seem to attract them, but that's a different story, okay, mm-hmm. with no state income tax. Did it ever make a difference for an athlete, or is it always just the high, the highest number they saw? You know, I never – I was I was in Wisconsin. I don't think it ever – we had decent, decently high taxes. I don't think it ever became an issue. I'm sure that the Jaguars and the Tampa Bay and Miami Dolphins and others use that. Um, but I don't remember it being an issue. And, you know, it really comes down to opportunity. Um, I think we were able to get players to stay in Green Bay and turn down teams like that because we had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Um, So, yeah, a lot of things go into these decisions. A lot has been made of the viewership decline, but everybody declined this year. Yeah. Now, some of it's it's different time of the year, but, I mean, the Stanley Cup final down 61%. I mean, the Masters was in November, so that was more than 50% down. Kentucky Derby, the NBA finals were down 49%, World Series 30%. 
Super Bowl's down 9%. But let me take it from a different angle, if you don't mind, Andrew. It's not the 9% which shows it's much healthier than everybody else. But in 2015, when Wilson and the Seahawks played the Patriots and Butler had the interception at the goal line, they estimated it was $114.4 million. This time, with including the streaming numbers, it's 96.4. That's down 18 million viewers based on those numbers in a six-year span. Is that concerning at all? I don't think I think concerning is too strong a word. You know, it's in one sense, it's that the NFL is immune from a lot of things, but it's not immune from the cord cutters. You know, what you just said about all the other sports, their crown jewels being down multiples of 9% to shows you how strong the NFL is actually in this COVID environment. Right. And I guess, you know, here's my point on all this. Who cares, right? Right. From a business point of view, who cares? Do you think, does anyone listening think NBC, CBS, ESPN, Fox is going to come to the NFL negotiations and say, yeah, you were a little down this year. I'm going to keep my offer a little lower like <laughs> if, that, if that happens they're thrown out of the room they don't you know they're gone so they're going to get massive new media deals and i think they'd get the same media deal if it was 114 then it's 96 and uh you know listen it's the most powerful programming on television by far by far right i mean 96 I think the closest this year is probably going to be 50, which is the NFC Championship. Right. Oh, and, and then maybe the Oscars. I don't know. I think what I saw, I want to say I saw the top 100 programs, 79 were NFL games. Yeah, I and, I, and I, they're I, not yeah. only going to have NBC, CBS, Fox. They're going to have Yahoo, Google, YouTube, Amazon, right. Twitter as an and, not an or, like and. So the money's going to be crazy. So now I want to bring in the ESPN-ABC part of this. They have Monday Night Football, as we all know, but they don't have a Super Bowl. How could this potentially play out for them? Well, they're already paying a lot more. And, you know, people ask me, why is ESPN paying so much more? And that's because they have all the shoulder programming. These other networks don't have time in their day to put NFL programming on. Um, you know, the, the ASPN's got an NFL show twice a day, I think. So, right. you know, I think the money's going to go even higher. I would, if I'm ESPN, I would like, come, I would just say, beyond the money, like, come on. You know, we've been paying double of what these other networks have been paying. Give us a Super Bowl. And it slowly, can, you know, it took a long time for the NFL to give them a wild card playoff game. So, it's coming. I don't know when, but sometime in the next round of contracts. Right. Well, they had to pay an extra $100 million to get the playoff game, if I recall the number correctly. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, so if the NFL is more than willing to do it. There's always a complaint about Thursday Night Football, but nobody in the front office complains when the checks are cashed. How important is Thursday Night Football as, as an economic supplement, even though for the players it, it can be problematic of having a uh, little rest on a given week? Yeah, I did see a report that the bidding is not what they thought it would be for Thursday Night Football. Now, Fox has it. They bid up 
from NBC CBS a couple of years ago, so they've got a nice package now. But we'll see. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it outperforms every other programming on Thursday night as it does on Sunday night and Monday night. So it'll be around. Listen, I, I understand the player safety viewpoint, but you know, I've had I dealt with Thursday night football a lot, and players sure love that mini buy afterwards where. Right, and I did too. As an executive, that's for my favorite weekend. Where you know we had, we had just we had play, especially if we won, and you're just off. I mean, you are off. Not even a bye week off. You're just completely off for three days, four days. So it's nice. Uh, what was your favorite weekend, and what did you do with it? Like do that, you remember? Like, hey, we got the bye weeks, and, and you look back and say, man, that was the best weekend I had during a season. What was that? Yeah, well, we played one year at San Francisco, and um, I was three days in the wine country after that. <laughs> ah, very nice. Yes, yeah. that, that would be that would be something. Uh, my broadcast partner for Penn State, Jack Ham, he loves his yeah. annual trip to wine country. He loves it there. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I, I can understand. It was it was a wonderful from. trip until I was at this little uh, winery and a busload of Packer fans because they're everywhere. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they pull up and they recognize me, so I ducked out of there real fast. <laughs> exactly, oh, exactly. Um, does Brady get? Uh, Brady does a lot of great things. I mean, just on the pure game itself, you know, does Brady get too much criticism, too much credit? Where does Brady fall for you? You know, I'm a. I understand how big a team sport is, so I say he gets too much, you know, and, and I sort of think about Sunday where the star of the game was the defense and the defensive coordinator. Brady didn't play bad at all. He played pretty well. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, he gets the credit. And, you know, listen, anything I say here, I'm going to get accused of being a Brady hater, and I, it's not the no. case at all. It's it's but, okay to have an honest conversation where you yeah. said he played well. Okay, you can play well but not be perfect. Yeah. And listen, I'm biased. My time with Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, Aaron outplayed him two weeks ago. And, you know, Brady had three picks in seven minutes in that game. Yep. So I just think, you know, the unfortunate thing for the Packers is in a game like that, it seems like Aaron has to play completely perfect. And the Bucks had a team where Tom did not have to play perfect. So, you know, it is a team sport. It is a complete team sport. What bugs me is that I hear this narrative that Brady got past Breeze, Rodgers, and Mahomes. And I'm like, hello, he was never on the field with any of those guys. No. Like, yes, never exactly played right. a down under, in the same field. I mean, this is this is how I looked at it. I felt the MVP of the game, with all due respect to Tom Brady, I thought it was Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett. And mm-hmm. I also felt Tampa Bay, because you and I both know matchups mean everything. Any game I do, I'm looking at where are the matchups here. When they play Green Bay with Bakhtiari out, and then 60% of the shuffle of the offensive line for Kansas City have played into how Tampa Bay plays, and Todd Bowles had good plans, simple but good plans, in both games, and I think sometimes you get to this point, quote, luck falls into your favor on the matchups, and I think for Tampa Bay in some ways it did. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's all matchups. I thought the biggest play of the playoffs was stripping Jared Cook. Oh, yes. When, when they were up 7 or up 10 or going in to be up 10. Yep. Um, because, again, I'm going back to my Packer bias. I thought the Packers matched up really well with New Orleans. And I thought they did not match up well with Tampa. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it proved out. Finally, this one. The NFL was able to play every game. Now, it became adventurous on certain weeks. Obviously, the Steelers and the Ravens played on a Wednesday at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. How impressed were you, if that's the proper word, that the fact the NFL was able to do this? Very impressed. You know, I was in the offseason saying things like, I don't know, you know. I Especially the opposite of social distancing is playing football. So I was impressed, you know, but we have to understand they did it with, you mentioned, one game with 23 players on the COVID list, the Ravens, one game with without an NFL-ready receiver, 49ers, and one game without an NFL-ready quarterback, Broncos. Right. And that's okay, I guess, if we're, you know, we just want to get through. Um, here's the thing I worry about, and I worried about all year, is negative outcomes. If some of these players have long-term complications, that's what would keep me up at night if I'm an NFL exec. Um, chances are 99.9% are completely fine, but I wouldn't want to be dealing with a player that's having respiratory issues next year. You know, that that would scare me. I apologize for lying about last question. I did have one follow-up, and that's from the business side of it. Even for a league like the National Football League, how important is it for them to get actually fans really back in the stands financially? Yeah, I mean, I, my estimate is 20%. So yeah. total revenues, total revenues, 20% of them are game day. Not just fans, but concessions, parking, etc. Now that's only half of what baseball. Baseball is 40%. Exactly. The NFL has so, so much more media money. But yeah, 20% of 15 billion is 3 billion. So that's a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, they're hopeful like everyone else for 2021. We'll, we'll see. There is no place like Green Bay. There's no place like St. Norbert's. All everything up there. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. So it is incredible. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. I always enjoy the conversation. It's, uh, it's outstanding. Thank you so much. Thank you. And your listeners can know I now do a newsletter if they want to sign up. So Please. go to Andrew-Brandt. Andrew-Brandt.com and sign up for the weekly newsletter on Sunday. Look forward to it. Thank you so much. Right. Appreciate that. Andrew Brandt. Thank you. You bet. Thank you. Andrew Brandt joining us on the show. Um, great to have him on the show. Montenegro's women's handball team for the first ever Olympic medal. That's silver. Myanmar. Myanmar. We're only up to M. We're two hours into the show. You're going to do this on July 23rd.
I will, because Luke will probably be up, so I'm definitely going to watch from the beginning. But if not, I'll just pick up where we left off. I mean, there might be a Hogan's Heroes rerun on. <laughs> I'll pass. Are you kidding me? For this? All for Silver and all for one by sprinter Frankie Fredericks. Oh, Frankie Fredericks, I'm a big fan. We'll come back with more in a moment. Andrew Brandt was great, wasn't he? Check out that newsletter, by the way. Okay? Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Netherlands. The Netherlands. Swimming and cycling have been their most successful sports. And in recent years, Peter Vanden Hogenbaan in the swimming pool. Seven medals for him, three of them gold in Sydney and Athens. Oh, boy. And we were discussing. And they're now walking in a circle. Yeah, 30-year-old mother of two, Fanny Blankers Kuhn, star of the 48 games, which she won four gold medals. 48 games, yes. Okay, that's great. Great, great history. Big fan. Uh, yeah, let's go to this one. Silver World Championships last year. Hello. Relatively large contingent for Palau, but only five athletes. Well, hangers on. <laughs> Rio 2016 Games, Palau's fifth Olympic participation. Palestina. They kind of blew off that one pretty fast, didn't they? <laughs> we know anything. They knew nothing about that group. <laughs> We did, we, fortunately we had guests that made the show move, but we popped in and out. I never stopped this. I just let it run. Just to let you know how long this thing takes. They do take commercials in between. These people don't. I have no idea who it is. Is this like the BBC or something? Who knows? They're at the Panama now. They're giving great information on how wide the canal is. Fabulous. I'm back in an hour. Jim Ferry along with Jeff Campersall.